What is up, ambitious listeners, big brother fanatics, and all-around fans of the show? This week's episode is for you, once again, big brother fans. It is the return of Nicole Anthony to Ambitious, a huge monster interview that I was so excited to do. Nicole is fresh out of BB22 All-Star season after being out of the house just a year ago. This was a catch-up interview where we talked about what happened in that year-long span where she was out of the house, and then to back in the house in the middle of a COVID-19 pandemic. And we talked about some other things non-related to the game, like her podcast, Hello Friends. We talked about some of the nuances of competing with people you've interviewed and people you wanted to interview. We talked about the respectable way to play the game and just so, so much more. She is an all-around incredible human. And once again, Nicole Anthony joins the pod after a quick word from our presenting sponsor, you know him, Anchor. Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price. This is an episode I am absolutely ecstatic for. She was America's favorite house guest on BB21, third place finisher, host of Hello Friends with Reality Recaps, Eric, and Tea Time on TV Co. She is a friend of the show and just an absolutely incredible person. Most recently, a BB22 all-star, Nicole Anthony, welcome back to the show. Nicole, how are you? Wow, that was an incredible intro. <laughs> this is one of my favorite intros ever. I am, I'm doing okay. There's been some rough days, but all in all, pretty, pretty positive, so I'm good. Well, thank you on the credit for the intro, but I do want to talk, kind of dive right in before we talk about, you know, post-life from last year. But this season was, is it fair to say rough? Oh my gosh, I, I don't even know like a better word for it. Rough is just even such a understatement. I went into the house like I got this. I just did it. Like I'm still in game mode. This is not going to affect me at all. Let's do this. And then getting in there, like I didn't feel like I was starting on day one. I felt as though I was starting on day 100, as if I never left. And oh my gosh, it's not me final three. It's me and 15 new people. I have to do this again, and it was just all those emotions and feelings and everything hit me like a brick wall, and it was the most difficult experience, even though I was only there two weeks, it was the most difficult experience ever. I spoke to Cliff last week, he was on the show, and we talked, um, before we talked a lot about gameplay now, we talked a lot about your gameplay, and we both talked about how it seemed like you didn't have the read on the house that you had last season and I I think you just kind of hit it that maybe that was the point that I missed on it was it was almost like you kind of just kept playing and it there wasn't a break whereas you know you look at somebody like um I think Danny's one of the farther back ones um that's still in it season eight to now 14 years later to be playing again that's a lot of time off to watch absolutely and kind of like rehabilitate your game in a sense and you didn't have that so I do think you were in a sense actually starting at a disadvantage yeah and that's something that I didn't think at all I thought I had the advantage out of everybody I really thought you know having just done it I was in game mode I'm not distracted by job and family and children but as much as I like hate to admit it I do think it was a disadvantage I do think it hindered me more than aided me because I haven't watched my season back. I realize I haven't processed a lot of the, you know, feelings and emotions and experiences that I went through last season and post season. And I like, I 
I broke. I have never been so emotional in my life. I was all over the place. I would go in the GR and say, like, I can't hear my gut. I can't hear my intuition. It's all jumbled. And I knew, you know, the majority of people that were together, because that's pretty obvious, because you see who interacts mm -hmm. with whom. But it was more so I lost sight of, like, who was with me. So I could see who was with each other, but I started losing track of, are you with me or are you against me? And then I started, you know, thinking back to last season, like, oh, that's what happened last season. It's happening again. I'm stuck in the same pattern. So I just, I, I spiraled, for lack of a better word. I definitely spiraled. Well, part of that spiraling, and Cliff and I had touched on this as well, was the relationship with Janelle and Kaser, who... And I, I do want to actually... Um, maybe I'm going to get ragged on for this here, but I actually want to credit you here for one thing is you do never know because they are legends. This is an all-star season. You're going against 15 people who have been top players in this game with the exception of maybe a couple rookies. and Well, not rookie, but a David or a couple ones that were out early. Yeah. And these are people who, especially, I mean, Janelle and Kaser were known for being Jacer, the dynamic duo in season six and season seven so yes the idea of i guess kind of wrapping you into that group definitely is something that if i was in the position probably would have been a hard thing for me to comprehend so i felt sympathetic with you in that sense but that was not the overwhelming majority from fans why do you feel that was and how do you feel about it now in terms of fan reception before we get to janelle and Kieser? a lot of people, like I, I've been saying a lot lately, is I didn't go into that house with the intention of, wow, I'm going to get some really great allies and then not trust them and then get angry with them and get really emotional. Like, nobody goes into the house saying, oh, I'm going to be very upset with my allies and I'm not going to trust. Nobody goes in with that intent. So in those moments, like, yeah, hindsight 2020 now, I, I was wrong. I admit I was wrong. But in those moments, I was feeling the way I felt because I genuinely thought the way I was feeling was true. So I think what's unfortunate um, with fan reception is the lack of that awareness, the, the lack. Like, I think sometimes people get caught up in, oh, it was intentional. She, you know, turned on them because she's a horrible person, which some people may have done that as strategy. Some people do turn on people for strategy, which that has to be applauded as well. Everything's applicable in a game. And I think what people sometimes lose sight of as well is that it is multifaceted. So, yes, I questioned them. That was my own mistrust. That was my own paranoia. I was wrong. But there also was a certain point in the week when I said to myself, you know what, Nicole, whether you're right or you're wrong, it doesn't matter. Their two votes are not going to keep you. You need more votes. And you're not going to get them from the people on the quote-unquote other side. You need to go to that big alliance and convince them you're against Janelle Kaser. Whether that would have panned out, you guys know I go week by week. Whether that would have panned out, I don't know. I can tell you if I would have stayed, I wouldn't have gone after them because we made amends. But when you're going through the week, like there comes a point where you're like, oh, wait, whether I trust Janelle and Kaser or not, two votes are not going to keep me here. I need to convince the other side I'm with them. So all those factors play a part, and I wish the fandom understood that more that like yes it's, you know it's a recipe there's a little bit of paranoia a little bit of emotional downward spiral a little bit of um strategy a little bit of you know use this to my advantage and it all comes together to contribute to why you what you do what you do and why you act the way you act so it is unfortunate when people say you claim it was strategy when you acted emotionally or why were you crying if it was your strategy the thing is it was both 
there's so many things going on at once in that house. You know, it is emotional, but it's also strategy, and it goes hand in hand. And I do agree, too, that what you said earlier, I mean, there was not a lot of time for you to refresh from last season. And then that goes into also having a whole COVID-19 pandemic come out of thin air and yep. just smack you in the face. So you didn't even get a whole year truly out of the house. So before we get back to gameplay, how was that adjusting? I mean, you get out of the house and then you're almost locked down again. I think that's why I had such a difficult time. Again, during like the preseason interviews, I was like, I just left the house for a hundred days. Then I was quarantine like and i'm one of those people i take i took the quarantine very very seriously um whatever whatever cuomo and new york state was saying so i was locked in my house wouldn't even leave my property from early march to like may so i like went from big brother house to my own house back into a big brother house and i thought oh this just made me more used to it when in reality i think it just pushed me to my breaking point where my mind and my mental health was just at a place where it was like i I can't do this right now i'm not in a good place right now i can't function locked in a house again let alone locked in a house with paranoia and lying and manipulation and i understand people might say then why did you say yes because i didn't know you know i got in that house and realized that all those things were very much affecting me so i think even now, coming back out into the world and being like, oh, yeah, COVID still exists, it's a very almost like suffocating feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe this is a stupid question, but is it almost good for you in a sense in terms of your mental health that you did go when you did? Oh, absolutely. I say it every day. And maybe, you know, this is like me just trying to pacify myself. Like, I'm glad I left. No, but in all sincerity, I kind of like felt that it was my time and I'm such a firm believer in like my journey and my path and I think I was meant to be hit with that brick wall of like you're not okay you did not process what you went through last season you did not process what post BB 21 life was like and you didn't process like COVID and all that kind of stuff so I think I needed to hit that brick wall to then like be where I am right now and I and me right now is somebody who is self-reflecting, who is going to watch my season back and process, who is actually going to start therapy for the first time in my life. So I think I needed to hit that wall to, to realize like something's wrong here and I need help. Yeah, I think that uh, that's always a very good thing. And I commend you for recognizing that and not mm-hmm. breaking down and still keeping that positive attitude that you have, even when it all really? felt like it was crumbling around you. So I commend you for that immensely. Thank you so much. Now, kind of, I before we get back into gameplay, I have to say this to you before we keep going. So, heading into the rumors of an all-star season, I had a gut feeling. And I, I, oh, I was close, Nicole, to texting you and saying, are you on the season? Uh. And I know you couldn't have said yes. And this happened, um, Margie Mays from American Idol, shouting her out a little here, friend of the show. Um, uh. She went back on American Idol after going on the first season and I messaged her and she said, all right, I'll come on the show, but I can't say if I am or I'm not on it. And that kind of locked it down for me. And I was so, I I had a gut feeling and then I kind of heard the rumors and saw everything. And when it got revealed you were on, I was very, very excited. And Uh. 
then I hear, you know, or then you get evicted, and I was kind of pulling for Janelle and Kaser, and now they're gone, and I have to ask, I guess, in a sense of a fan perspective, who's left that you would root for, from somebody being in the house, who would you urge people to root for? Oh, I mean, I'm team underdog through and through, that's been me even before I was on Big Brother, when I was on Big Brother, and now, that's just my nature, I gravitate toward people that are down and out. Um, who are not in the big alliance, who are, like, you know, fighting the best they can. So, um, obviously, I'm going to put Dave on in that category, too, although I do think she's going to be evicted tomorrow, which stinks. But I very much am rooting for her and Kevin and David. Those are my main three. Um, Ian already left, which is also unfortunate. Um, all my pre-jurors left, which was very unfortunate. Um, otherwise, I would say Enzo. So, um I, like, I don't know. I'm just not a, yay, the big alliance steamroll to the end. Yes. Listen, I give them kudos. I commend them. They are, yeah, they're playing a tremendous game. They keep on winning everything. They're taking out everybody who's not in their alliance. So that I have to commend from a game standpoint. But Nicole, the fan, is very, come on, underdogs. Like, take them out. You can fight your way through this. So definitely Kevin, David, Davon. And if not, Enzo also falls into that category for me. Now, I... I guess now it's kind of tying back in the game here. It's almost fitting that you're on this week because look who's HOH, the guy who who took a shot at a house guest who you're not a comp beast, and I don't say that in an insulting way. You said oh, that no. <laughs> in the DR. And David, who had played one week, counting the week that he played the week Keisha got eliminated, one full week of Big Brother in his Big Brother life. Yep. And he took a shot at two people that there was no reason to take a shot at. And then proceeds to go this week and take a shot at two people who there's really, I guess there's more of a reason now because of the alliance and it's more well defined of the alliance. Mm -hmm. But once again, taking a shot at Kevin and Devon, who are two people who not necessarily are mm, as big a threat as Cody, Tyler, Nicole, Danny, Christmas, you know, the... the rest of the committee and yes you cannot fault him for that but with the comments he said about ian with the way he's played this game i can't imagine you feel too too kindly towards memphis at this point in time i i do not i you know he's somebody who you know having lived with him i can honestly say i don't think i spoke more than like 10 words to the man um you know, I would try to talk to him about a lot of stuff, and I would get, you know, he would he would always be standing. Like, he would never sit with me. He'd always be standing, towering over me, um, giving me one-word answers, or he'd open the door for me to leave the HOH room. That was a fun experience. Um, so he's just very dismissive. And I think, you know, you could argue this week it's more that he's loyal to his alliance, so he's getting rid of other people. But I, especially week two, when there's so many other people in the house, I think a lot of the reason why myself and David were nominated was because I I think it's a lack of respect. I think it's, you know, he's from quote-unquote old-school Big Brother, and he Mm -hmm. made it to the end with Dan the Man, and me and David are almost like laughable to him, you know, that we were on last Mm -hmm. season, we're newbies, we're a joke, like, come on, who are you? So I do think he assesses people, and he plays the game according to who he respects. And yes, it just so happens all the people he respects are in his alliance, um... But I think he's a very egotistical, arrogant, 
um, man, and I think anybody who's quote unquote different, whether it be, um, you know, quirkiness, whether it be perhaps race, I don't really know if that's a big fact. Like, I don't know if that is the reason, but I think he very much, like, preys on people that are different and he doesn't respect them. And it's, I even hate saying it because I'm like, no, nobody, there's no way he's that way. But I've seen it. The, the footage of him making fun of Ian is disgusting. It's despicable, and I, I hope he comes out and sees it and sees how ridiculous he looks. And and I just I don't understand it. You think somebody who is in his late 30s with a child would understand social dynamics more and how to treat others, and it's just very unfortunate that he doesn't. And I also feel kind of piggybacking on your statement there. I 100% agree. Piggybacking on it, too, you've played this game last season, which was one that is notorious now for being... Heavily controversial with Jack, Jackson, um, Christie, and I guess you can even throw Nick into the mix. But mm-hmm. if I Jack's come on this show and been openly poly- apologetic, and Jack and I hit it off very well. He's a very nice guy, and you can say the same thing mm-hmm. for Mickey. Having lived in the house with them and lived in the house with Memphis, what's the difference? From my own, you know, opinion, my own mm-hmm. Nicole Anthony experience. I'm not yes. going to speak on behalf of anybody else. Cause I know people have different experience with different individuals. Um, so I'll leave that, you know, for them to speak on. But from my personal experience, what I tell people who ask me is, yes, last season was what it was, and I haven't watched it back, so I know, and I will. But I know there's a lot of like disgusting things that were said, and I I was a part of, um, you know, quote unquote mob mentality and bullying and all that. However at least those individuals spoke to me. So people can say what they want about Jack. We would sit and actually have conversations. Or, you know, I would see him crying, like, Jack, are you okay? And we'd hug it out. Um, Mickey, even after that whole, like, locker out of the HOH room debacle, he saw how much that affected me. And he would always say to me, like, any given Sunday, like, you'll get through this. And he would hug me. He would always give me motivational words. He would talk to me. He would look me in the eye and communicate with me. and again, you you, know, you also named like Christy and Nick. Those are people as well that I actually had genuine conversations with about like Christy. We would talk about like life and believing in our journey, believing in our past. And Nick, we would always talk about anxiety and what we do to cope. We would have tea together. And maybe it's because I had stayed longer, so I was able to build more relationships with people. But at the same time, Nick and I spoke very early on in the season. Um, Mickey and I, like I said, even with the age-wage debacle, he consoled me with Holly in the bathroom. So it's so different because Memphis, I never got anything. Like, like I never sat and had a long conversation with him, even if I tried. Um, he would always, like, kind of, like, scoff at me or roll his eyes at me. You know? So you could say what you want about last season, but at least they did communicate to me. Like, Memphis literally looked through me. There was no respect ever, um, and I don't think he's somebody that I would even connect with in the outside world, because even last season, I at least spoke to all my house guests postseason and would talk things out. I don't think Memphis is the type that would want to talk things out. I think he views me as beneath him, and he's just going to live his life like, oh, wait, who is she? Yeah. And from a, par- a fan perspective, I mean, I was very, very adamant, and not on social media like some of these other people are, but adamant on from a personal perspective of i didn't feel it was right with jack and mickey and a lot of them had reportedly said and whatever happened happened but the fact that 
Jack specifically, I guess, saying it here, in a comparison one-on-one to Memphis. I had never spoke to Mickey, Christy, or Nick to relate it at all. You know them a hell of a lot better than I do, all four of them. But Jack sat and openly, the first question I asked him was, did you say and why? And 90% of our interview was putting all of that, talking about every contestant, everything water under the bridge, and whether it's sincere or not, it felt sincere to me. That's on the listener to judge, and that's on somebody like yep. you who's been in the house with him to judge. But he, it didn't seem like it came from a place of hate to me. With Memphis, it seems like it comes from hate. And I, and I think, you know, last season I always say with a lot of things that were, you know, said and done, you know, I wasn't in the room for them, so I'd be like, oh, but I, I wasn't there. And that's not an excuse, I'm just saying, I wasn't there, I wasn't there. You know, someone like Memphis, to actually be in the room when he speaks down to David or he grabs David in a, I'm your friend kind of way, but it, it's not. It's condescending, it's aggressive. You know, seeing the way he spoke to me, see, seeing the way he spoke about Ian, when you see that firsthand, it does make you more... Oh, like you're you're almost like proud of this. Like you have no problem openly acting this way in front of everybody at nomination ceremonies, at veto picking nom, you know, picking ceremonies. Like you're openly this way, and you're not trying to hide it. So I don't know. I'm curious to see when he gets out how vocal or not vocal he's going to be about some of the things that he's said and done. Like I really, I don't know. And to really quickly touch on like the whole um, Jack situation. Um, Jack is somebody, like, you know, again, coming out of the house this season, I heard there was, you know, more controversy, and that was very unfortunate to hear because I do know I've had a lot of talks with, like, Jack and Mickey about, you know, being better people and doing better, so that was unfortunate to come out and be faced with that again. So, you know, I had conversations with them about, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not going to tolerate it and I can't support them if they're going to continue to say or do certain things, and I... I wish them the best on their journey. I know um, Jack, I, I know especially, is taking strides to, like, educate himself and be better. And I look forward to when he does. Like, I, I think not that it's a right, but it's a reason. I think a lot of it's ignorance. I think a lot of it is so, you know, buried down that even he's not sure why he has said and done certain things. But I do know he's taking steps to, like, um, make himself better. So I do like to hear that. And going back to this season, I wonder if Memphis is the type of person to then do something like that and, you know, educate himself and move forward a better person. Well, one can hope and hopefully somebody with a positive light like yourself can kind of reach out, even if that's something you don't want to do, but reach out, I guess, indirectly, Mm -hmm. like with a message like this or a message on your podcast and kind of get the message to him somehow and say, listen, please learn why what you said was wrong and be a better person from it and hopefully he does but i do want to transition i guess to a little more positive talk here and talk about i I, maybe it's not as positive but have you spoken to janelle and caser i guess since you got out so i have spoken to caser um caser what i do is i guess i can say this I give my number um, to production, and I say, because obviously, not for the jurors, I can't talk to the jurors, obviously, but the pre-jurors, I gave my number to production, and I was like, give this to whomever is evicted, they are more than welcome to have my number, they're more than welcome to call me, Um, so Kaser did call me 
I think like, oh my gosh, like not even two days after he was evicted. Um, so we had a heart to heart. We talked everything out. Um, he, you know, just like him understanding like what I was going through and that it obviously wasn't my intent um, to completely not trust my allies. I mean, whose intent would that be? Um, and then him and I did like an Instagram live where we talked openly in front of like chat and the fandom this way people could see that we were literally, you know, communicating and there's nothing, you know, behind the scenes going on. Um, and I do text him um, here and there, and he checks in on me, I check in on him. Um, otherwise, Janelle, like I said, I gave my phone number to production to give to her. Um, I've given my phone number to several people close to her. Um, I've also DM'd her, and she opened it but did not respond. And I've also, after finally getting her number from somebody else, like, I'm not, I'm not the type to, like, you know, keep on texting or calling. Mm-hmm. I literally just sent her one text and was like, hey, I'm thinking about you. I really hope you're doing well. If you ever want to talk, I'm here. And that was all I sent. Um, but I have yet to hear back. And that's fine. You know, you do you. You, you know, process what you need to process, work through what you want to work through. Um, I'm here if she ever does want to, you know, call or DM or text. And I'm here even if she doesn't do those things, you know, um... She's somebody that I respect as a fan. She's somebody I respect as a person. So um, I hope one day, like, she does come around. That's all I can say about that. Well, that was very admirable of you, and hopefully uh, it all works out in that sense, and I'm glad everything uh, worked itself out with Kaser, at least. And now, um, talking about somebody who... Um, you had a bond with in the house. You just told me a little bit about recording with his husband, but Kevin... um, I've been somebody, my cousin's actually a massive fan of Kevin. I've been somebody who, I was a fan of you, and then kind of gravitated to Janelle and Kaser because I thought they were going to take a shot at the committee. But since then, you know, I've been rooting hard for, honestly, whoever's going to take a shot at the committee. But I like the positive energy Kevin brings. So talking yep. with somebody who's was his closest ally, I'd say, now until Devon and everything, but his closest ally at the time in the house... What's Kevin like, and why is he just such a positive light? Uh, Kevin is just such a selfless, genuine human being. And I understand, like, people play that game as, like, turn off your brain, this is game, 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 game. I'm not that way. I believe, yes, we're game pieces, but we're also humans. And Kevin treats people like humans. So when I was sick, you know, he was checking in on me. Um, I'd be in the kitchen, and he'd be like, did you eat? Do you want to have my sandwich? And just little things like that. It's like, you are such a good person. And he has such a good sense of humor. And he's just he's just a positive force. Like, he, you know, him and I would, would talk about, obviously, game, but we would also talk about life. We would, like, if, we were, if I was upset or he was upset, we'd talk that kind of stuff out. And I think... He's just real, and that's the best way I can put it. You know, sometimes on TV shows, reality TV shows, we see people kind of, like, fit their role or kind of put on a persona or, like, a facade. He is just so real, and you see that. You see his genuine fun emotions. You also see his genuine sad emotions. You just see him as an authentic human being who is doing his best in a game where he wasn't dealt the best cards. And I honestly commend him for how far he's gone and as difficult as it must be, how positive he's remained. I hope that um, well, this episode's going to come out Monday, so it's we're kind of saying this in a sense of we don't know who goes home with Devon and Kevin, but also it seems almost like, 
I mean, feeds have kind of been down, but it seems like it's leaning the Devon way. Um, I, yeah. yep. I guess hypothetically speaking, and you've got a much better pulse on it from the House, it seems like the chance to take out the committee is starting to dwindle now before they take out each other. But I had said this almost hypothetically the other day in a scenario where I thought it'd be Kevin and Dave on if David went, but maybe it's Kevin and David who kind of do what you and Cliff did where you waited. Absolutely. And then they implode on their own. And with so many hotheads in that group, and I'm sorry to say it, but Christmas, a loose cannon. Memphis, a very loose cannon. Um, You could even say Danny is on that list as well. Um, Nicole... There's a lot of opportunity for them to implode on one another, mm-hmm. and I think that that could be the root. What's the root you see for, and even Enzo in that group, of being able to survive it? Enzo, David, and Kevin. Do you see a root for them oh. to make it to the finals? Absolutely, and what you said is you hit the nail on the head exactly what I said to my family while watching this episode tonight. I'm like, you know what? Assuming, let's just say, Davon were to go home, I was like, wait a minute. Kevin and David could literally be like the Nicole and Cliff, where they outlasted all the other, like, OV Kemi's, you know what I mean? Like, because I went out. Like, so they outlasted everybody else, but there's only so many people left. So that big alliance, they could start cracking. They could start going after each other because, you know, you see Tyler and Memphis talking about, oh, Nicole and Danny have side deals. Let's get rid of one of their alliance members. So they're fed up with them. If, if Danny and Nicole catch wind of that, they could flip it on the ear and go after them. If Danny gets bored, she might want to start going after them. Or Christmas could very much be like, you know what? Um, me and Memphis are kind of like a duo, whereas the other four are kind of c- together. Let's go after them. So I do think there's a possibility that we see maybe not a blatant two nominees if one of the committee members were to win, but maybe a backdoor where it's like, you know what, let's not quote-unquote waste, I hate that word, but waste the HOH on Kevin or David, let's mm-hmm. go after one of our own. So I can almost see the committee breaking off into two like groups, like a, a duo and a group of four, and kind of going after each other. Um, and I think Enzo, Enzo, I don't know, I, I'm hoping... He kind of navigates it to the end with David and Kevin. That would be an ideal final three for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I worry a lot about Enzo because he's somebody who I feel if there's a double eviction or like, you know, maybe like a triple eviction or something, I feel like Enzo's the type who all of a sudden people be like, oh, damn, he's still here and he's likable. Let's get rid of him. And that scares me. And before I kind of hit on something else there, the double evictions rumored to be next week, right? Um, I believe so, if I look at my calendar. Yeah, I believe I heard, I heard, and not anything as a player, just as a fan, I've heard, like, the first week in October. That's going to shake things up. I mean, look at what yours, your double eviction, I mean, you're the prime example of a year ago, a double eviction changing the game. I, what do you think it kind of could do to this game? Do you think that's the opportunity they could get to blow up the committee? eviction is either getting rid of the person that you're like oh you're likable and it would hurt my heart to nominate you during a full length week because then I have to see you like weeping in a corner and you're my friend mm-hmm. you know like a judge like I always bring up judge like he was so likable and people are like oh we can't even look at him because he's crying just get rid of him or like what 
provided last year someone like Christy who could talk her way. She could, that woman could sell you like a used tissue. So I think it's a good opportunity to get rid of somebody who you know would like chew you down. So I could see a double eviction making people go like, oh, let's get rid of Memphis. Like we don't have to hear him anymore. Or let's get rid of Christmas. Because if you do it quick, you don't have to deal with the week long. Why'd you do that? What? Or the week long. Oh my God, don't do that. Keep me here. You know, like it's, it's immediate. Mm-hmm. You rip the bandaid off, the person's gone. So I could see them going after a more quote unquote problematic person. I think that'll be the Christmas. Christmas is, yeah. uh, her stocking is definitely going to be full with coal on a double eviction. Right? <laughs> I don't see a very. I, I would hope so. <laughs> I don't see a positive route for Christmas going home on an eviction week. But I will say, it, it. Cliff and I said this last week, it would be hell of a television to see her on a block for a week because she's a little... Uh, oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? It's going to be chaos the day she hits the block. <sighs> it's funny. You know, there's certain people who can dish it but can't take it. And I think we saw that case in point. You know, obviously Christmas nominated Davon and Bailey. And then Davon picks her as a have-not. And it's almost as if she can't fathom it. You know, it's, it's blasphemous. You know, she is the amazing Christmas. You don't go tit for tat. You don't pick me. So just seeing how butthurt she was by being a have-not, could you imagine her nominated? Oof. Oh, that's going to be a very scary but entertaining week. And I, uh, yeah. I cannot wait to see that. One thing Cliff and I talked about, and he gave me his people, and I want to see if there's an alignment between your guys's before I tell you who's... His top four, I guess, were. Um, this was assuming Ian was gone last week, which we'll talk about in a sec. Okay. But who would you say are your top four, whether you like them or not, who you think wins this game? Oh, okay, whether I like them or not. Yes. Um, oh, man, this is a good question. I could see it being like Cody, Nicole... Tyler, Enzo. And, you know, I kind of go back and forth where I go, oh, Memphis, like Cody and Memphis. Mm-hmm. But, and then I kind of got Tyler out of that group because of, like, the difficulty he was having a few weeks ago where he wanted to leave and he mm-hmm. almost, and he, not almost, he pretty much blew up his whole game. But now he seems like he's back on his path. Like, he seems like he's focused again. So I think, I think he could make it for us. So I would say him, Cody, Nicole, and I, I, would, I would throw Enzo in there. He could, he could make it. So Cliff's were, if I do remember correctly, Cody, Enzo, yep. David being a Ooh. sneaky one because of a bitter jury, which we could talk about in a sec. Um, and I believe, I can't remember if his fourth, I think a blank. He might have actually said Ian if Ian stayed. I think it, Ian was his fourth, okay. which is explanatory because Ian was known for or and had said he was going to turn on the Jets after it kind of got to a certain point, and it seemed like he was just about yeah. to do it. But uh, what do you think of Cliff's list, and what do you think of the potential of a bitter jury? Oh, gosh. So I do agree. I would, I, I would love to see David. Like, you asked me who I want there. Like, I want David and Kevin mm-hmm. in those final two chairs, and assuming Davon goes, and if she doesn't, I want her in those final two chairs, um, but assuming Davon goes, I want to see Enzo with them in final three. Um, bitter jury, you know, I have, I shared my opinion, um, a couple of days ago on another show where I said, I don't think there's such thing as a bitter jury. I think if people are mad at you because you were mean to them, 
then you should have had a better social game. So people are like, ew, you disrespected me, I'm not voting for you. Or, hey, when you nominated me, you weren't very nice, I'm not voting for you. Then that's poor social game on your part. You should have had a better social game. You should have managed your jurors better. But then it was brought to my attention, and I was like, oh, yeah, duh. No, sometimes there's literally a bitter juror who I'm just mad because you sent me home. Like, no, mm-hmm. no ill words were said, no disrespect was had, they're just butthurt that they got sent home. So, I hate to say it, but I do see certain um, all-stars being that way, and I think a lot of it is because they are all-stars. I think a lot of people are used to making it to finale night. You know, they're used to sitting in those final two chairs, they're used to walking out on stage. So, I think it's... And I'll say it even for myself, it's kind of a piece of humble pie when you realize, oh, wait, uh, wait, I made it to finale last time. Why am I not making it there this time? So I think we could see a lot of people in that jury who are like, but I'm the all-star. I was meant to be in those chairs, mm-hmm. not that person. So even if that person played a good game, it's like, well, I don't think you deserve to be there, so I'm not going to vote for you. So I, could, I think we could see that. So just quickly before uh, we go to a couple other questions, um... Cody was my, I, I'd said Enzo was like my number two. I only gave, I don't, could really only say two, I guess. Enzo is probably my two, but I really, Cody reminds me so much. And it's odd because Cody had an almost similar but different gameplay when he played with Derek. But Cody's gameplay this season is almost tip for tap with Mickey's last year. And, oh, interesting. That was my theory on it, and I think that the more you look into it, that's kind of the way it is, but he almost has, almost, because if you really think about it, who could you see evicting him in the house other than Kevin, really other than Kevin? Because David, I don't think, would take the shot at him, and even if it gets to the end, he hasn't burned a bridge with anybody yet, and maybe it happens, but it just seems like mm-hmm. he's not... He doesn't have that volatile relationship with just about anybody in that house. That's very valid, and that's why I definitely pick him as one of my top four because I could see him getting there, and like you said, having not really burned any bridges. It's like, oh, okay, Cody's there, like, and he wouldn't be received with like bitterness, you know. Mm -hmm. That's a valid point. Now, talking about battling BB during COVID, um, obviously COVID ran crazy rampant throughout you and I are both New Yorkers so throughout New York State we saw it firsthand but talking about it with BB there was sequester so what was sequester like and also what were the rumors like I guess about who else was in sequester so I can't speak too much about sequester Mm -hmm. but I can say um it was a two-week sequester um where we had to um test ourselves for COVID prior to flying out um, and then we got tested, oh my gosh, like every other or every, yeah, probably like every second or third day um, of those two weeks, we would get tested by the doctor to make sure we didn't have COVID. And we lived in houses, obviously alone. You weren't living with other house guests. Sometimes people were like, oh, you lived with people? I was like, no, no, just obviously me and then a production assistant because obviously you can't live alone. That's not safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was two weeks. And rumors-wise, obviously, because the production assistant is, is good, or at least they should be. They shouldn't be telling you anything, because in my brain, that's cheating, but they shouldn't be. Um, rumor-wise, it was more so before I entered. So before I entered the house, I knew a lot of the, oh, it's going to be Derek, it's going to be Dan, it's going to be Janelle. Um, who else did I really hear? I'm trying to, Tyler. 
So I think I knew, quote unquote, a lot of names prior to entering Sequester. And then in those two weeks, I had my little notepad and I was like mapping out, like, okay, there's eight guys and eight girls. Who could they be? <laughs> Did So if you had to have made an initial eight or 16, how close were you to uh, hitting on all 16? <laughs> I was not close at all. So males, <laughs> um, I think I thought it was going to be Derek wrong. Dan, wrong, which I guess we kind of got in Cody and Memphis, but um, Paul, I was wrong. Josh, wrong. Definitely Tyler. Um, I forget who else I thought. And then um, I was kind of like debating, like, how many would they have for my season? So then, wishful thinking, I was like, okay, I'm just going to put everybody for my season. So I was like, okay, maybe Cliff, um, Tommy, and David Obi, so that's like nine people. But I had like my hierarchy system, and then as like time went on, I'm like, well, what about Ian? He could be, and I was like, oh, what about Enzo? And that was just more like me being like excited, because then I started to be like, what about Enzo? What about Johnny Mac? So I was going into like the fun people. Um, and then females, I think I got more of them. So females, I was like, okay, um, Janelle, probably Davon, maybe Nicole F, um, Danny, Bailey. So I guess I, I did get a lot of the females myself, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I also very much expected to see Alyssa, Helen. Like, I thought I was going to see them, so I was kind of shocked that I didn't. And um, Casey, I was very shocked that I didn't see. I think there was rumblings about Josh having been, I guess, banked to be a part of it. I wonder if the, it'll come out at some point what truly had happened. But, I mean, those were the same things I think the general public had been hearing. I mean, even when you guys yeah. were in Sequester, there was a lot of rumblings that Dan and Derek were supposed to be in, and then they weren't, and then something happened with Nicole, and then it mm-hmm. was just a roller coaster from the outside, and I can't imagine how it was for you trying to predict who would be inside when you did get inside. But, uh, and speak- then when you actually meet them, and it's like, oh, wow, Christmas, I... No, I didn't even think Memphis. Oh, I didn't even think of him. Kevin. I was like, oh my gosh, like, oh, how did I not even think of it? So that was really cool to see the people that you didn't even have on your radar. Now, speaking on Ian, this was somebody who you also had kind of a close bond with on the surface. Um, what was your relationship with with Ian, and how do you feel it could be kind of outside the house now? Well, once oh, he man. gets out. Ian's, Ian is somebody that I, like respect so much as a player because he played a hell of a game this season and playing alongside him is very amazing because you see his wheels turning you see him thinking and I always feel like I respect straight shooters and what I love about Ian is he's very I didn't make a decision yet I'll talk to you later or I've made my decision I'm not voting for you like he's very shoots it straight this is what I'm doing or not doing and that's it and I respect that so so much that's something that's very very rare to find in Big Brother and um I felt like I very much, like, related to him in the sense of, you know, kind of feeling uncomfortable in certain social situations, you know what I mean? So I I understood, um, like, I felt like we were kind of, like, connected on that level of things. We both got sick uh, our first week as a have-not, so, like, we kind of had, like, that that kind of a bond. And it's funny because literally the day I was evicted, I um, pulled him into the storage room, and I think that was our most, like, heart-to-heart conversation because he hadn't given me an answer yet, and we went into the storage room, and he's like, Nicole, and I'm like, I get it. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to vote for you. And I was like, Ian, that's fine. I get it. Thank you for telling me. But did you, like, what did I say to him? I was like, oh, I said, but 
please be aware that there's a big group alliance in this house, and even if you think you're with them, you're probably low man on the totem pole. And he said to me, and this is something that'll resonate with me forever, he's like, Nicole, even when you're sitting at the cool kids' table, you're still sitting with kids. And I love that wow. quote, and it just made me, I don't know, something about it, just like, I don't know, it just resonated with me, and it made me really, like, I don't know, like, like idolize him. Like, I can't, like, almost like, wow, that, that was really insightful. Damn, Ian. Uh, so, leaving the house, I was very much rooting for him. Seeing the way he went out last week, kind of like, oops, collateral damage. Oh, you're gone now. We got rid of you. That was unfortunate to mm -hmm. see. And he's somebody who very recently, I was like, you know what? I wonder if he could be AFP, because I would like to vote for him. Like, he's somebody who mm -hmm. I think really, like, resonated with a lot of people. I hope, uh, I mean, I'd love to vote for you as well. I mean, you, oh. Ian, Kaser, Janelle, I hope that they yeah. give some consideration to the kind of Bailey, um, now Devon. I hope yep. they give some consideration to the early evictees because there's still a few weeks left and you never know what could happen. Some people could. I mean, there was times at Danny's HOH reign where people were genuinely completely flipped on Danny where they had not been a big fan of Danny and all of a sudden they were like, well, yeah, she's the lesser of evils and we kind of like yep. her. And it it flips a lot, so I wonder what will happen there. I do want to ask um, briefly, Cliff hit on this when he came on. I didn't know this, actually. What was going on with you being sick? Oh, gosh. So I, obviously that first night, I didn't win the second part of that HOH, so we each got an envelope. And I'm not going to lie, I was sitting, had I known I was going to go home second, I would have prayed for the money. But I was sitting there like, oh gosh, please don't get the 5000 You don't want to be a target. You don't want to be a target. And I was like, you're have not. And I was like, oh, okay, not a big deal. Well, that flop did not help me because I already didn't really eat much um, the morning leading up to moving because I was anxious. And then couldn't eat because obviously I have not. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm starving. So then I ate so much slop but my body couldn't process it. Mm -hmm. So I was like physically ill for like five days, um, just like in pain and not in a good place. And then my body started being like, we can't ingest any more of this. It needs to come out of my body. <laughs> so then I got like literally crouched over the toilet with like Devon holding my hair and like Kevin getting me tea. Oh gosh. So that first week, that's the thing that stinks. Like my first week I was not, my happy-go-lucky, jovial, dancing self because I was sick on slob. I was so lethargic. Um, and then there was, like, two nights where I was off slob and I wasn't nominated yet, so I was myself. I was happy. I was dancing. I was up all night, like, you know, talking and laughing with the live feeds. And then I was nominated, and it was like, you need to fight for your life. So then I was, like, not really myself again. So I feel like you only really saw, like, genuine Nicole for, like, two days and stunk. <laughs> so... That that sucks, and I'm kind of glad, though, that you did get out, as we talked about earlier, because you're in a better place yeah. now. And you're out now, and you're back with the Hello Friends podcast. So Eric of Reality Recaps, somebody I had watched while you were in the house, actually, um, and uh, then as he interviewed people on their way out and whatnot, and all of a sudden, I had been tracking your stuff and everything, following you on social media, whatever, and I saw you two teamed up on this podcast. So how did this happen? Because it's a great duo. Oh, uh, thank you. So we actually, um, the podcast we started a few months um, prior to Big Brother Authors because him and I had met, um, I came off the season last season and he interviewed me, obviously, as a, a house guest. 
And he was like, oh, I'm also from Long Island. And I was like, oh, that's so crazy. You know, we talked a little bit, nothing much. Then there was a meet and greet, and we met each other in person. And we're like, oh, that's so cool. We realized how similar we were, like, at the event. And we're like, oh, that's interesting. So then I was like, we should get lunch. And he's like, okay. And then it just snowballed into, like, oh, like, while we're getting lunch, should we come up with ideas of, like, covering a TV show together? <laughs> so then we started working in the TV club um, covering The Circle, um, Netflix is The Circle. Mm-hmm. So we were covering that. And then it just kept on going, like, oh, let's cover Big Brother Canada, let's cover this. And then in covering all those shows for the app, we were like, yes, we love talking about reality TV, but we also want to talk about life on Long Island and pop culture and just our lives, like me getting attacked by a nest of spiders on my living room couch, like (laughs) stuff like that. So we started up the podcast, Hello Friends, um, where, yes, we speak, but we also have guests all the time. We had a huge spectacular prior to All Stars where we had all BB alums come on the show with us. And it's just, it's just such a positive, fun, good time. We love talking to people about, like, you know, what they're doing during COVID and what they're binge-watching. And I, since getting out of the house, I haven't really jumped completely in. But um, you said this is coming out Monday. So a couple days ago, I actually jumped back in for Hello, Friends. We had um, Bobby Moynihan from SNL as wow. our guest. So, yeah, it's really exciting to be, like, back at it and having guests again and just, like, I don't know, like, oh, doing something positive and to our listeners who choose to support us and listen to us, like, I'm just so thankful and I hope it makes their day brighter because that's, that's all we're here for. We're here to, you know, hopefully make someone's days better because we love to just, you know, spread the positivity all the time. I love it. And I guess hitting on the interviewees quick as we kind of wind down with the interview, um, you interviewed Tyler, Janelle, a couple of the people who ended up on the season with you. There was also rumblings on stuff of, you know, you asking people to come on and they didn't and then you saw them and there was a little bit, I don't know if you actually saw it, on, um, I don't remember if it was on the feeds or if it was on the um, actual show, but there was something about, oh, she asked me to come on her podcast and I didn't. So I, I heard um I heard about it when I got off the show, and what's funny is I reached out to like so many um, Big Brother alums because all are welcome, any and all are welcome. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to so many, and when people you know don't answer, I get it. Like that's life. You're busy, or you don't want to do it. It's okay to not want to do something. Um, so that was a little unfortunate that some certain people in the house thought I would apply that to game because that's not my style. I would never take outside world. You weren't on my podcast. Like, that's just not my style. So I'm like, ah, oh, you should know me better than that. I'm not going to use that in a game, you know? Mm-hmm. And I guess the follow-up here is, um, of all the house guests you had talked to and they got in the house with, um, not counting David and um, I can't think of anybody else that you necessarily, or that was on your season, but David, um, not counting David, but of all the people you did interview quickly and then then saw in the house or people you had had connections with, whatever, who was someone who surprised you how different they were, I guess, in the Big Brother realm versus how they were outside? Oh, wow. Um, I don't know. That's a really, really tough question because of the people in that house, um, prior to entering, we had interviewed Janelle, we had interviewed Tyler. Um, I'm trying to go down the line in my brain. I don't think... There was, we had interviewed Bailey, um, and I think, obviously David, but I think that's about it. So I think for the most part, when you interview people, you know, you have to connect prior to going live, and you mm-hmm. stay on the phone after you're live. So you kind of get insight to how they are, like, as a person, and then when you meet them in the game, you know, before actually game starts, I don't know, I think they're, I think for the most part, people, 
people are kind of like consistent with who they are. I think it's kind of hard to hide that, whether it be in a game or on a podcast or on the phone with somebody. So I think I would say that in the people we have interviewed and I have met, I think it's pretty consistent. Well, that is always a great thing. So before we close out here, um, actually, I, I'd asked you the legacy question the last time you were on. So I'm not going to ask you this one this time, unless you have a different uh, answer to that. But this one's even harder. I hit Cliff with this oh last gosh. week, and he was really thrown off. So, Nicole, if you could be yes. any kind of boat, what kind of boat would you be? What kind of boat would I be? Yes. <laughs> a boat. Oh, man. Um, I would say I would like to be like a giant cruise ship. Hmm. Because... They carry people. Because, like, you know, a sailboat's only, like, a few people. And I don't want that. I want to be someone who, like, helps everyone and can include everyone and can carry everyone and offer support and keep people afloat. And that's that's just my, my – I know that's my purpose. I know that's, like, my journey. And I just want, you know – I think that's the best way to put it. I want to help as many people as I can stay afloat. Like, when I share my journey, when I share about anxiety and mental health, when I share – about like you know starting therapy for the first time like that's why i share it because i want everybody to you know keep, keep their heads above water so i it seems like a silly question but the way you just explained it is actually kind of similar to the way other people have explained it and it's almost like especially for somebody who's already answered that legacy question for me you kind of get an idea when like you just gave me a completely phenomenal response to that question and an in-depth answer and you can kind of gauge a person by what they think of themselves and i i added that in for like somebody like you and cliff who i've already talked to once and asked that to uh, and that was a little wrinkle so as stupid of a question it sounds on the surface that was something that uh it was cool it just absolutely. worked with you <laughs> i liked it a lot what did, what did cliff answer Cliff was a pontoon boat because it was versatile and you could fish and do a bunch of stuff off it. Wow. (laughs) I love that. Nicole, I cannot thank you enough for coming on. I have such a great time every time you are on. I love listening to your podcast. Love the stuff with TV Co. Uh, Before we close out, I want to give you the opportunity to plug that all before we head off the air. Uh, Absolutely. So you can find me... um, on Instagram and TikTok at Strong Island Nicole, and on Twitter at Strong Island NI2. And then I am over in the free TV Co app. You can find us in there recapping reality television, um, like Tiger King, Big Brother Canada, this current season of Big Brother. And we have our podcast, Hello Friends, which can be found on all your favorite podcast providers. And you can also follow that on social media pro- um, platforms. It is Hello Friends Insta, Hello Friends Tweet, Hello Friends TikTok. So basically, hello, friends, and then whatever the start of the platform is. Because I was in charge of creating the handles, and I thought that was pretty clever. (laughs) I think it is, ladies and gentlemen, the always phenomenal, positive, entertaining, energetic, and just phenomenal human Nicole Anthony. Thanks again, Nicole. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Whether you're a Super Bowl champion, reality TV show star on Big Brother, American Idol, singer, or even an MLB All-Star, you know hydration is key. And so does Liquid IV, the newest sponsor of Ambitious. They know how important hydration and energy is, and that's why they've developed special supplements to get you 
three times more hydrated for every packet you use. So one packet of liquid IV, to me, is three bottles of water. And liquid IV not only gets you more energized, more hydrated, but it keeps you motivated and disciplined. And especially in times like these where a lot of us are working from home, doing school from home, working out at home, liquid IV can keep you energized, rejuvenated, and hydrated no matter what you do. Go to liquidiv.com or liquid IV wherever you can find them on social medias and find out more about their superb hydration formulas. Now back to the show. Once again, want to thank Nicole Anthony for hopping on Ambitious. Just always a privilege to sit down with her. Love talking to her, and she's just an incredible light, and talking to her just brightens my day all the time. She's a phenomenal human, and I can't wait to see what she does next. So shout out to her, check her out, and check out the Hello Friends podcast. Shout out to Liquid IV, Anchor, and every buddy else who supports this podcast have a great week ambitious listeners and reminder you can find us on instagram at ambitious podcast twitter at ambitious with dp and wherever you listen to podcasts see you next week guys love you